Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Change can either be positive or negative. There are those who resist change even if it is positive. Living in a false reality of the past. They would often refer to the good old days in the context of critiquing the present. Failing to recognise that those times of old were either a transition into the new thing or a new thing itself. For example, The Hebrew people wanted to be free of slavery. The Eternal One set them free from slavery of the bondage of the Egyptian Empire. He miraculously delivered them from slavery in so many signs and wonders. Yet due to their unbelief, they ended up wandering in the wilderness. And in those days in the wilderness, they longed for the days of Egypt where they were slaves, abused and oppressed. Yet even in their rebellion, and wilderness wanderings the Eternal One provided for their every need. So after a generation had wandered in the wilderness, the Hebrew people entered into a time of transition. They were to prepare their hearts to enter into the promise of the Eternal One, to possess the promised land. Change was needed. Already there was a new style of leadership. No longer does one person lead the way. Everyone was to participate, take ownership, and possess the land which the Eternal One had given. To be responsible custodians and dwell in the freedom and fruitfulness of giving their allegiance to the Eternal One. He had declared over the leadership, Be strong and courageous. Go and possess the land that I have given you. It is time for the Hebrew people to step into the new thing. As a symbolic act of surrender of their past identity of slaves, the males were circumcised. In this ancient patriarchal culture, circumcising was the practice that would mark their new identity as the people of the Eternal One to commemorate that God had delivered them from all evil and given them this good land they were about to possess. They also celebrated the Passover. At that moment, there was a significant turning point in the life of the Hebrew people. Immediately, the miraculous provision of the wilderness stopped and they would begin a new life to live from the land that they were about to possess. Change is a fact of life. There are times when it's necessary for change. Change for the better. Joshua was the new leader. He was entrusted by the Eternal One to empower every individual to be part of his wonders. He was by the city fortress of Jericho, a fortress that was a stronghold in the promised land that they were about to possess. Joshua needed a divine strategy, a close encounter with the commander of the army of the Lord. He needed a touch from heaven. 
How could the people possess the land when it was fortified and impregnable? Joshua never doubted. His faith was strong. He knew the Eternal One was with him and he was faithful to his promises. He also knew that to possess the land, it had to be the way of the Eternal One, had to be his way, by his spirit, in his victory. Joshua was about to have a close encounter with the commander of the army of the Lord. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. What an amazing encounter. Joshua lifted his eyes and looked. He took his eyes off the circumstances, which was the fortified city of Jericho, and looked to the Eternal One. Joshua lived a victorious life. He would not focus on the obstacles, but on the Eternal One, for he knew that he was faithful and true. For Joshua, it was simple. The Eternal One said it, therefore it will be so. The Eternal One said 40 years ago to the Hebrew people, I give you this land. Joshua, along with Caleb, were ready to take it, possess it, own it. But the people were not. So both Joshua and Caleb waited. Can you imagine? You believe. You're ready. God has said it. It will be so. Yet for 40 years you have to wander in the wilderness with all the others' unbelief, rebellion and rejection of the Eternal One. Yet they never lost sight of him and his faithfulness. And now, after all those years, it was time to enter into the Promised Land. Prepare the hearts of the people. And they, the next generation, were ready to enter in. When Joshua lifted his eyes, he saw a man opposite with a sword drawn. Interestingly, Joshua didn't recognise whether he was for them or for their enemies. However, Joshua did not fear, as the Eternal One had declared over him, be strong and courageous. Joshua walked right up to him and asked, Whose side are you on? Who is the commander of the Lord's army? This commander, unlike any angel or man, 
he receives worship. Only the Eternal One can receive worship. Only he. The response of the military man who appeared before Joshua was interesting. He was not part of any earthly army. He was the commander of the army of the Lord. Only to him did he give his full allegiance. Joshua's immediate response was to fall down and worship. Worship being a heart-to-heart connection with the divine. Joshua fell down prostrate in a position of humility. When we have a close encounter with the Eternal One, with a heart and mind condition of surrender, we cannot help be humbled. In total surrender, Joshua asked, What does my Lord say to his servant? Joshua was ready. He was ready to lead the Hebrew people. In a heart and mind condition of surrender, Joshua heard his commander's voice and obeyed. Joshua was instructed to take off his sandals, just like as Moses, his predecessor, was instructed to do when he encountered the great I Am. For wherever God's presence is, it is declared holy. This is the second confirmation that the commander of the Lord's army is in fact the Lord himself, the Eternal One, the Great I Am. Remember, the Lord reveals himself according to the need of the individual. Joshua needed to see and experience the commander of the Lord's army, as it was he who was going to tear down the seemingly impregnable fortress of Jericho. Joshua needed to see, experience and receive a heavenly vision, a divine strategy to possess the land. He opened his heart and his ears, listened and obeyed. Close encounter with the commander of the Lord's army can either be a positive or negative experience, depending upon who we give our allegiance to, as everyone has a choice. Receive Jesus and his right to rule and reign, or reject Jesus and his right to rule and reign. If someone rejects Jesus when they have a close encounter with the commander of the Lord and they continually reject him, they have forsaken the only pathway of salvation. Joshua from a young age hungered for the Lord's almighty presence. He had decided to give his full allegiance to the Lord. His encounter with his commander was indeed a positive one. The Lord shared his strategy and vision with Joshua. He also instructed him on how all the Hebrew people will be part of his victory and be able to possess the promised land. Joshua's response was one of obedience, being led by his commander. Joshua and the Hebrew people were now to identify themselves with the Lord, 
They are to be his army, living in his victory. The battle is and was the Lord's. Yet for the Hebrew people to enter into and take possession of the promises of God, they needed to participate in his victory. Today, God is raising up an army. He is equipping every believer in his love and his truth and his power. Everyone who receives Jesus enters into his kingdom. It is this life journey to take possession of it and live in the reality of Jesus' victory. We are followers of the commander of the army of the Lord. It is time. Yes, it is time for this generation, young and old, to tear down the strongholds that are over people's lives and over our own lives and be truly free. And the stronghold is anything that has power over someone. It is the controlling force in one's life. A stronghold could be a result of holding on to hurt and pain or feeding the lusts of the flesh or not living surrendering the flesh desires for power and control. Surrender, letting go, whether it's the hurt or the pain, the lusts of the flesh or the desire for power and control or anything that has taken hold and become a stronghold. Surrender of it, letting go of it, is indeed the secret of success. And receiving from him. Joshua was fully surrendered and lived in the victory of that surrender. The Apostle Paul also knew the secret of success. And in writing to the church in Corinth, he explains, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Paul uses himself and his team as examples to follow. He is dealing with problems in the church as he writes this letter. They are prideful and they are making slanderous remarks. Paul's main concern is that all believers stand in the truth, love and power of Christ Jesus. He writes this powerful statement for their benefit so that they may know and live in the fullness of Christ Jesus. For Paul, his life and witness cannot be separated from the gospel he preaches. He is reiterating that those in Corinth should be mature Christians, understanding the battle is not against people, but within. It is a war that the Lord has won and it is for us to enter into, possess and live from that place. Even though we all have a flesh, Paul is saying we do not live according to its desires. In fact, the power of the flesh, the strongholds over us of the selfish desires have been defeated. 
And living under the stronghold of the flesh is living in a bondage that Jesus has set us free from. There is no condemnation and there is no shame, but there is victory in surrender. There is victory and fullness of him. We are equipped with his power and authority to tear down those strongholds, the strongholds of unbelief, selfish desires, and every thought that exalts itself above Christ Jesus, that desire of power and control. The thoughts of the flesh and Satan exalt themselves above the Lord God Almighty. Yet we are his army, empowered to be part of Jesus' victory. Our commander has given us his own armour, the very armour that he wore when he became human, when he lived and died and rose again in human form, defeated death, evil and the strongholds of the flesh or selfish desires over humanity. It is our inheritance right now, living in this world damaged by evil, to tear down the strongholds over the hearts and minds of people including ourselves. Actioning Jesus' victory requires destroying or putting to death every thought that exalts itself above Christ Jesus. This death comes through surrender of self-will, the selfish desires. The Spirit gives life and declares wholly these earthen vessels in which we carry his presence. Through a heart and mind condition of surrender, receiving more of him by his spirit, his thoughts become our thoughts. His will becomes our will. His obedience becomes our obedience. Each day we need a closer encounter with our commander to be empowered, to activate his victory in our lives. The battle is indeed the Lord's. He is the victorious eternal one. Yet for us today to own, possess and live in the fullness of it, we need to action it. May we turn our eyes off our circumstances and onto our commander the Eternal One, who in human form lived, died, rose and ascended on high and live in a continual heart and mind condition of surrender. From surrender, everything flows. From surrender comes humility. From humility comes worship. From worship comes reverence, and from reverence comes obedience. All is a work of God from that moment we live in the heart and mind condition of surrender. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.